I did. I might, I might be okay now, with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they specified, like, usually he looks good, but this time, now yeah, that you're like, not with him. I would him, like to know, like, he's really taken, like, a nose. He's dive. taken a turn. <laughs> yeah. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, hello, hello. Hi, how's it going? I am good. I am currently drinking all the liquids. I am a wee bit hungover this morning. Well, it is a, it is a Saturday. It is what a time to be alive. It is. It is a Saturday. So I stayed in bed until like 1030. It was a beautiful morning. Nice. I, um, I'm going to a concert today, so I'm going to be like busy all day. And so right. I I day. snuck in a – I did a 7 a.m. workout. I'm having my iced coffee. We're on the move, we're people. Having, we're having very different mornings. That's I was still in bed on the East Coast when you were at your workout class on the West Coast. It's funny. I texted you and I was like, oh, it's like 9-something. She'll probably respond. And I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> so I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, zero percent alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink. That is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the Recess Watermelon Mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feeling all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Um, anyway, I have I have good news to report, just like good times with the writer. Ooh, tell me, tell yeah. me. So we had our third date on Tuesday, so we've now had mm-hmm. like – we've been on like a perfect like one date a week pace just because yeah. of the – like things that happen in our lives that make us busy, like my like my trip to Dallas, my friend Allie visiting and whatnot. So saw him on Tuesday. And I want to highlight like a few things I really like and appreciate. Um, number one is that like we had been talking about either like restaurants in the – something, I don't know. But I mentioned this burger place that has a couple locations in LA, but the original one's in Santa Monica – Mm-hmm. And it's like a small little place called Father's Office. So I mentioned really liking that. So when he planned the date, he was like, oh, I'm thinking either Father's Office or this like other place in Brentwood. I said back – so pre-pandemic, like pre-shutdown and then reopening, this restaurant uh-huh. was closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. It was a Wednesday to Sunday schedule. Yeah. I say back, like I think – Father's office is closed on Tuesdays, and so we should, I guess, do the other place. Yeah. And he responds, and, like, this is something I would do, and so I really like it. He goes, oh, like, their website says they're now open on Tuesdays, but I'll call to confirm. He calls. They're now open on Tuesdays. I was like, I've never been so happy to be proved wrong. Amazing job. Love love that. 
Yeah. And so, and he did tell me like later, like after, like at the date, like he was like, yeah, like I did Google it first. <laughs> He's like, I did look it up. I was like, oh, well, you, you're, that makes you a rare individual. So I had to assume the worst there. It's yeah, quite rare. So anyway, so they, yes, I appreciated that like he listened, he made a plan, he prepared for the plan, he executed, like just really nice, thoughtful, whatever. Yeah. So at our second date, he revealed – so he is going to visit his family for a week and then is going mm-hmm. to – like or like about 10 days actually and then doing like the a long weekend in New Orleans with some friends. Yeah. So he'll be gone for like two weeks. He will be gone for exactly two weeks, which perfectly abuts my two-week vacation. Mm, so we're talking a month. Exactly. There's a exactly four-week gap between day three and day four. And I had clocked that and kind of like mentally done that math on date two. Yeah. I remember you mentioned that. Yeah. And so then I, going into date three, was thinking a lot about like how I wanted to handle this in the sense that like I wanted there to be – so. I kind of had like this overall like goal and of things I like didn't do and did and did not want to do. Okay. I wanted to like acknowledge the month long gap and just be like, so this is a thing. This is a thing that, that we it's we're an awkward have amount to of time with. Exactly. Yeah. And then I was trying to f- think about what like would feel good and like work for me like as kind of like a plan of action. I really yeah. didn't want – and so like I texted like a couple girlfriends and um, I was – one in particular that I, that I was discussing it with, we kind of agreed like I didn't – I don't need to like lock in a date, but I would like there to be acknowledgement that like, oh yeah, and like we'll have date four when we get back. That there's just sort yeah. of like this idea that like we will continue when we return. Yes, totally. She said – we said like a couple things on this text exchange. One being I personally don't really believe in like missed connections on stuff like this where if – with this time gap, if neither one of us thinks to text the other or keep the momentum going, that is to me red flag gathering. On both sides. Well, yeah. It's a red, I, would I don't want to reach agree. out. It's a red flag that he doesn't want to reach out. And to me, that is not just like momentum dying. That is like something else is going on here and we should not continue dating. Yeah. I mean, that's like I, – I want to be maybe, maybe not top of mind, but near the top of mind at some point for the person I'm dating. I think gaps like this can be helpful information gathering. And so I didn't want to create such like a like a defined interpretation of how we keep in touch to then – like I, I want to see how he responds naturally, essentially, Got a little it. bit okay. in this gap. And then the other point we made on this text thread was she was like, we're thinking a lot about like what you're going to do here. Like let's see what he does. Let's see if he, like, drives the bus on this conversation because, like, that would be great. And, like, let's let's see how he handles this. And I was like, that's a great point that, like, in, I'm assuming he's not going to want to, like, contend with this in any way and that I'll have to be the leader of the conversation. And so yeah. let's see. We're talking about – we're on the date. We're talking about his trip, his itinerary for seeing his family, et cetera, et cetera. 
he then go and he then goes, wait, remind me when you leave. And I'm like, okay, we're about to have a light bulb moment. We got we and, got this. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I leave on September 9th. And he goes, okay, so when do you get back? And I was like, September 24th. And he's like, okay, cool. So like that's gonna be a month. And I and I, that's I said, a month. I was like, Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, exactly. Um, I was like, yeah, totally. Like, and I kind of say, like, I, I plant the seed, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of an awkward amount of time between date three and date four. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. As if he was reading this text thread with my friend, I ah! have never been so pleased. I was like, this guy is so lovely. He immediately says, like, yes, that is like a weird amount of time, but like, I really like. I want to pick this back up. I'm already thinking about what we could do for date four. Um, and then says like, and I hope like you'll, he's like, I really want to see your trip sounds amazing. Like, please send me pictures. Like I'll send you pictures. Of, yeah. He's like, I'll, you know, say whatever. And he's like, I like want to hear all about it. And I had mentioned that it's my first time solo traveling. And he's like, and since you're solo traveling, if you ever get lonely, like, please call me. I'll be around. Like, so, so nice. So nice. I was like so happy. And I, I was like, oh, like, I didn't have to do anything. Like he had all the thoughts like himself that I kind of had myself and hoped he would yeah. have about what this looks like. And so, yeah, I just felt like really good and reassured about his like interest level and desire to like keep it going. And so, you know, we'll see, but we're off to a good start. He texted me from the he flew out last night texted me he was like i'm on the plane like how's it going like what are you doing this weekend i told him about the concert today and apparently the the headliner is lcd sound system which mm, yeah. he said he's like a he was like oh my god that's hilarious like i'm a f- huge fan of them please oh. send me like a video from the concert so i'm like good job like plant the seed to keep the conversation going i will that. um so yeah it's good that's awesome yeah, very pleased. Are you feeling like you want to like talk on the phone or FaceTime at all while he's gone, or? Are you not I you know, like I really hate FaceTimes. Like I, I know hate you it. Do. I think like truly like if I'm bored some night like and so him being on East Coast time is going to exacerbate the time difference. Uh huh. Yeah. And so we'll see. It's going to be like a really big like it's going to be morning his time and like late my time. I believe is that right? No, wait, what? East Coast. Oh, when you're gone. Yeah. Wait, now I'm confused. Because he's going to be for a couple days. We're gonna, he, we overlap a little in being gone. So I oh, suppose I, I could see. call him on the end of the trip. That would get it a little closer. But, you yeah. know, I am I will see how I feel. I'm certainly not adverse to speaking to him on the phone at all. Like, I think that would be nice. The other part of me, though, is like, I kind of want to store up my stories. Like, and then <laughs> we'll have like a nice long hang. I don't know. Yeah. You also don't, you don't have to decide now. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah. It's good. I like it. That's great. Yeah. What's up with you? Honestly, not a whole lot on the dating front. Um, this was a very busy week, but I did not have any dates. Any? Have you heard from any of the dates that you are less interested in? Well, the cold brew is no more. He he told me he's not ready to date, remember? Right, right, right. But then yeah. wasn't there another guy? The, yeah, what about the, the trainer, trainer. The trainer, no. He, like, our conversation, like, reached a dead end. Got it. And then okay. that was it. Um, so – and like we said last week, like I was definitely in a place of like he can drive this bus if he wants to. Right. Um, so I have been like swiping and talking to some people. I'm talking to one guy. I'm texting currently with one guy who is out of town for a couple of weeks. Okay. Three weeks I think actually. 
Oof, that's um, going to be tough. Yeah, so we're not texting like that much. Like I don't really want to, but I think hopefully we'll go out when he gets back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like from even like my own schedule, the summer is tough. And I think August gets especially tough for people like being in town and being available to do things. Yeah. Um, and so I've been talking to a lot of people that are saying they're like not swiping as much right now because they're not here or they're, you know, not really available to go on dates so they're not, you know, engaging in messaging as much. So kind of just like letting that coast a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people are getting in their kind of like last vacations, like yeah. tacking things onto Labor Day, stuff like that. For I sure. can't believe next so. weekend's Labor Day. It really got away from me. It really, same. Um, and then we're going to be heading, you know, head first into cuffing season. So <laughs> do you, th- oh, we should do that for a myth busters. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like does, cu- is cuffing season a thing? It's cuffing season a thing. Yeah. I like that. Um, we'll do that next week. Great. Um, yeah. So that's been that. I did have a very busy week. Like I did a lot this week, um, including nearly adopting a bird. I, Okay. Allie, I love you. I cannot believe you thought that was a tame bird in Times Square. That was wild. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen I've never seen a bird that looks like that in New York City ever. Oh, that's so funny. And it also climbed onto my finger. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I, I I hear you. I like the the location of it all, just like I it sent me. I was like, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't in Times Square. The bird wasn't in Times Square. I was near oh. I had walked through Times Square on my way. I was on 42nd Street, but I was not in Times Square. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's that's okay. That's slightly better. Um no, yeah. I was there were I was in like an apartment building. Like there were apartment buildings surrounding me. Got it. Okay. So when I saw this bird and other people had stopped too because we were like this bird. So for people who didn't see my Instagram stories or the video that I made about my day, um, I was walking down 42nd Street. I'd been to a work happy hour and I was going to meet Darcy to go play in a volleyball game. We were going to have dinner beforehand. I was walking down. Yes. Can I also say how funny his reaction was that you posted where you're like, this is fucking nuts. And he goes like, wild. That's wild. <laughs> I was like, okay, no. I just sent you a selfie holding a bird on the street and you were like, yeah, that's wild. zero react. It was amazing. Okay, sorry. I mean, we live in New York. Crazy shit's happening all the time, I guess. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I was walking and I was like listening to music, not really paying attention, but I noticed this like kind of commotion and it was because this woman's dogs had tried to go after this bird. And so there was a bird who was just standing in the middle of the sidewalk of 42nd Street on the west side. Tons of people walking, dogs walking by, just bird, just like frozen like a statue. Yeah. And so my my immediate thought was that it was a bird that had like flown out of someone's window or like it was like a domesticated bird because one, I know nothing about birds. And two, I've never seen this kind of bird here before. Mm. So like I've seen pretty much just pigeons. Uh, Especially – Are you familiar with – there's like – I believe it's called like the rambling. Is that what it's called? The ramble. I'm sorry. It's called the ramble in Central Park. Yes. 
It has like incredible bird life. Like yeah, there's amazing bird watching in the parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just I've saying, never I yeah. birds, man. <laughs> I've just never encountered. It was a bright green bird. I've never encountered that kind very of very pretty, Great very feathers. very pretty. Yeah. So anyway, but regardless of of whether this bird was domesticated or wild or whatever, like it was like frozen in time, sitting on the sidewalk, about to get eaten by this chihuahua. <laughs> and so I was like trying to talk to the bird. You know, whatever. And I communicate. Yeah. And so and he was just like looking at me and was like turning his head, but like not moving. So I put my finger out and he climbed up onto my finger. So this is another reason I thought it was a domesticated bird, because like I don't I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't really matter what kind of bird it was, but so I then I had this bird on my finger. So then I started to try to find vets. Mm-hmm. To like take it to because I'm like – and oh, he had like kind of tried to fly a little bit and one of – he was like very clearly out of it. I thought yeah. it it seemed like one of his wings was hurt. Um, Anyway, tried to find a vet. First vet was closed. Walked into a pet store who told me about a different vet. Went to that vet. That vet didn't deal with birds. So I'm like still holding this bird. I'm like, do I – am I going to now go back to this pet store and like buy bird stuff? Yeah, you're, like a that pet, was like, you're a bird owner now. I am a bird owner now. Like that was like what I was going to do. I was going to go back to this pet store and like buy bird stuff. Um, and then like obviously try to find a, a, a vet that deals with birds. Yes. <laughs> or like a bird rescue situation. Um, but as I was leaving that second vet, he flew off my – or it turns out it was a she for the mo- um, from what I've been told. Oh. But flew into a tree, seemed to be okay. And then I was like very upset because I had bonded with this bird. <laughs> it I also had faculties. been at a happy hour, so I'd had a couple glasses of wine. Um, yeah, but what I learned in my story DMs and my story replies um, from a, a bunch of wildlife experts who follow me apparently is that it was most likely a female warbler. Lovely. And migrating through the city. And apparently warblers are – and I am – just to be super clear, I am not a wildlife expert. This is only information that was passed to me via Instagram DM. Um, but apparently, according to multiple people, warblers are like known for running into windows in big cities while they're migrating. Oh, how funny. Or not – I mean not funny, but interesting. It's interesting. And then getting yeah. like temporarily stunned. Basically, he had a con- – or she had a concussion. Yeah. Okay. This makes sense. Yeah, and so like it turns out that what I did was the right thing because like he would have she keeps I just assumed it was a boy for whatever reason when I picked it up, but I've been told based on colorings or whatever that it was female. Um, like she would have gotten eaten or stepped on. Mm-hmm. So basically, like what you're supposed to do, apparently the only thing that I didn't do correctly, as I've been being told, is you're supposed to stay like really close to where you find them. Oh, okay. As long as they don't seem injured. Got it. But I did think it was injured. So that's why All I was trying this to get to was the vet. In good faith, Allie. Very <laughs> like, well intentioned. <laughs> anyway, this is a long story, but I but it was this bird. I don't think I've ever had more engagement on a series of Instagram stories in my whole life. Oh my god, as cute. Stories about this bird. That's really funny. Um yeah, I had a hummingbird fly into my apartment. And oh, that wow. was very stressful because hummingbirds have to rest a lot because their hearts beat so fast. Yeah, very high-stress animal. 
Yeah. And I was like really worried about it because it, for a while it wasn't finding where to land. And then it yeah. landed in my light fixture. And I was just like relieved <gasps> um, that it like had found a place to rest. But I also had to get yeah. to the airport. Oh, and God. so I Google and like, you know how all bird feeders are red? Yeah. Like for hummingbirds. Um, yeah. It's because apparently they are like attracted to the color red. Oh, interesting. And so I looked – I researched this on the internet and it said to put a bag on your head and if you can, use something red and close in on it like so it feels space getting smaller to like narrow uh-huh. it out an open door. And so I have this like oversized red sweatshirt. So I put a bag on my head and took this sweatshirt and tried and like escorted it out and it worked. But it was very stressful. <laughs> Listeners, I bet you didn't know you were going to get so many bird facts today. Yeah. <laughs> Strategies for birds. Uh. Topic talk. Um, so anyway, so that was just like a fun little fun little thing. And then I like went downtown and uh, met up with Darcy. And then it was funny because – so I like posted the screenshot of his reaction. And he saved in my phone as Chris Darcy, like his name. Yes. But it shows Chris. And so a lot of people thought it was somebody that I was dating. I, I was – it's so funny you say that because I saw that story and I was like, oh, that people are I, – I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, everyone's like, oh my god, you're showing a name. And I'm like, oh no, it's fine. You actually know this person. You just don't know that you know this person because I never mm-hmm. refer to him as Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even last night we were out and a friend – I had a friend in town um, or I didn't have a friend in town. There, One of my friends was in town. And which with her new boyfriend, whose name is Chris, and I've met him before, but none, nobody else had, and so everybody was introducing themselves. And Darcy was like, "Hi, I'm Chris," and she was like, "Oh my god, yeah, I forgot your name is Chris. I'm also dating <laughs> a Chris." Really He's like, "Yeah, it's been my name this whole time." <laughs> um, so yeah, but it was a fun week. So I did that. Had another dinner with a friend last night. We went out dancing. Um, going to a friend's like bar anniversary, a friend of a friend opened a bar, a friend's brother opened a bar a year ago. Um, and they're having their anniversary party tonight. So we're going to do that. Um, Cute. so yeah, tomorrow going to a friend's pool. Oh, nice. So should be a good weekend. Then yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about our guests this week, Kendra Allen. I'm, re- I'm really excited. And so are the listeners. Um, I think I've been following her for a while. I've like really enjoyed her content about breakups. Um, so if you haven't seen Kendra Allen's content, she is at your breakup bestie um, on Instagram. Um, and she also is about to come out with a book, which is a breakup workbook, which we're going to talk to her a lot about. Super, super excited for that conversation. So let's get into it. Let's go to Kendra. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. and. 
you'll you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. And we are back with Kendra. Hi, Kendra. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be here. We are pumped, as are the listeners. Um, when we pubs- posted our listener questions for you, I'm going to go with 20% of the quote-unquote questions were just tell her thank you for me. That's really sweet. That makes my day. It was amazing. So I, I'm confident that everybody already knows who we are talking to, but would love to hear who are you and what are you doing here? My name is Kendra Allen, um, better known probably as your breakup bestie. Um, I am a breakup coach. I host the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast, um, author of the breakup workbook, all things breakup, essentially. That's my my one and only specialty. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what you're it's, a good friend to have. Yeah. I, seriously. I think uh, it's you say it like your one and only specialty, but that is a massive, massive arena. It's so fun. I go back to like what my dad said when I told him like, I've decided that I'm going to use my college <laughs> degree and become an internet breakup coach. Um, I remember him saying like it was too niche. And I, and and then I'm like, I've recorded like a hun- over 100 episodes of the podcast and I like haven't run out of topics. So it's a lot broader than, um, than even I originally thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think I don't. I should maybe like actually test this out. But when I do like ask me anything or when I go live, I think at least half of the questions are some tangentially breakup related. Yeah. I mean, they're they're like the reason I feel like, you know, my page has done really well is like breakups are so hard. And I just like there was such a gap online of like practical advice that like didn't just involve like hopping back into dating or like, you know, I think we're like kind of over this wave, but there was like a big wave of like how to get your ex back kind of coaches that mm-hmm. were out like what? five years. Yeah. Yeah. It was – if you like go on Pinterest and look up how to get your ex back, it's wild. <laughs> the kind of con- – Yeah. Don't People do it if Pinterest you're People trying to get their ex back? That's yeah. amazing. Wait, yeah. I feel, like, I feel wow. like step one should be close Pinterest. This yeah. is not – Wait, this, this is not, not where you should slander. learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, there was like such – I just felt like there was such a, a gap and I think that's yeah. why – just like super practical. That's like my whole thing is like practical, actionable, straight to the point um, breakup advice. Well, that is the exact kind of advice that we do here. So this is perfect. Um, but before we get into everything, we have to do our Mythbusters segment, which we have themed in the breakup realm. So our Mythbusters this week is it takes half the time you dated someone to get over them, which I'm sure you've heard before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. I 
kept hearing that come up over and over again. And finally, I don't know if we'll go over this, but like I finally was like, where the heck did this come from? And is it Sex in the City? It's Sex in the was, City. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, is it Sex in the City? Yeah. It's like, I. Someone was like, it's Sex in the City. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I think out. Charlotte says it about something. Anyway. Yeah. And somehow it's just like entered our cultural zeitgeist as a, a yes. thing. As like a rule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do I weigh in on if people think it's a myth or real? Yeah, so you and, and also tell us what you guess. think. Yeah, and okay. also what you think, but you know, yeah. what do you think the listeners thought? What what percent thought myth? What percent thought no? Oh man, I feel like I'm gonna predict. I feel like it was close, um, but I'm gonna go with people thinking. I want to go with people thinking it was a myth, but I think it was close. That's my prediction. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think that rule is real at all. Yeah, I think we're going to be aligned on that one. Yeah. But uh, so you think like close to 50 50? I think it was close, but I think more people said myth. That's my prediction. Rourke, where are you at? So I think, so first of all, great guess because when we've done these Mythbusters, they have been super close. Um, it's probably the most, like as a whole, the segment get like consistently just is very close to 50 50. However, this one feels like really not a myth to me. Or sorry. Yeah. Really no. a myth to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, I was like, there's no way you have this take. Yeah, no. Because um, <laughs> I think that – and we've talked about this um, before with other people. I'm sure we'll get into it with you as well. You know, people can start sort of start processing a breakup while they're in the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and then they'll appear as kind of over it instantly or, you know, whatever. And over it I say in quotes because we don't, like, love that term also. But – Okay, so I'm going to say this one is 65-35. Rourke is very close, but people thought it was even more of a myth. Oh, great. Oh, good. Yeah. That's, that's I was true. very, I was very pleasantly – I don't know if surprise is the right word because I actually thought it was going to be heavily myth because I think this is just a ridiculous statement. And I hoped that many people would agree. It was 71% myth, 29% not a myth. Okay. That's great. So the people are on board. Good. And yeah. what did they say for their reasoning? A lot oh, yeah. of people said something like what you said, work, like you can be processing a relationship while you're still in it. The vast majority of people, though, said a more vague thing, which is generally my take on it, which is just – it's just contextual. Like there's no totally. there's no exact this is the amount of time it's going to take you to feel this exact way coming out of any relationship because every single relationship in person are different. Yeah. I get asked that so often, like, how long does it take to get over a breakup? And it's like, it's actually an impossible question for me to answer because also breakups, like, breakups trigger, like, past – if you, like, have, like, past trauma that you need to deal with, you have, like, that whole – there's just so many layers. Like, it could trigger, like, your relationship with your parent. Like, there's just so many things that it could trigger to make it take, quote, unquote, longer. Um, And then there's also people that bounce back really quickly. So I don't know. I just feel like it's literally an impossible question. And if you look at like a 20-year marriage, what, it's going to take like 10 years to get over? Like we're not – Yeah, that's <laughs> a scary, a scary thought. Yeah, that's just not how it works. I, staying on this topic, quick question. I've definitely had friends where – and I can't put my finger on it because it, it. I don't think it was half the time of the relationship. There are certain friends where – I felt like you're really stuck 
and I can't like help you anymore. And so like there is something like there's a line that gets crossed at some point where I'm like, this is now too long or like this is too much. Like there's something there, but I don't think that it's I don't know that it's time, but there's something that does give off like you're stuck energy to me. Totally. Yeah. And I actually – I just did a video on this this week. Um, people love to tell me that I'm stuck. And I'm like, mm. I need more than stuck. Like mm-hmm. if you just tell me you're stuck, that's like I, I'm what, sitting – I'm that? just like sitting down and I'm like, I'm stuck. Typically when someone's stuck, there is an there is a unwillingness to do anything differently. That's typically mm. – so I'm like, what's underneath stuck? Like are you still resentful? I can like we can work with that. Are you lonely? I can work with that. Like let's let's be a little bit more. But typically when someone just is like I'm stuck, it's typically something's not working and they're not willing to do anything further. Yeah, that's a great point. So, that's typically how I see it. So, I try to encourage people like define what stuck means and then what actions are you going to take to get unstuck? Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, jumping to your book. So I one of the questions that I was going to ask you is why a workbook versus a traditional book? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I would love to hear your answer, but one of the things that resonated for me is that you do encourage people to get more specific. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a workbook – so this is the thing. I think they're like – if I – like let's take it to Instagram kind of a thing. There are so many like really big accounts that like just post quotes, which I post quotes. Like they're good to hear and they like feel good. Um, but like I, I don't know what to do with a quote. I can have something hit me and be like, oh, I feel seen. I feel validated. But like what do I do no, after I- that? Yeah, kind of a thing. So I just think a workbook – I mean a breakup is work. It's – Yes, there's like a certain amount of sitting in your feelings and like processing it and allowing yourself to feel the sadness, the the anger, um, and all everything in between. But to get over a breakup, you can't just like sit around. So I felt like a book would make you again, like probably make people feel seen, probably give some good things. But like, I want you to take out a pen and like write stuff down. Like, Anytime, here we go. We're doing yeah. This. Anytime someone does coaching with me, I'm like, I hope you're ready to write. I'm such a big – I'm just like such a big fan of writing and um, eventually I, I want to put out a journal just because I think that's really important. I have a digital one, but I like want to put out like a physical one because I think that's such a big aspect of it. Yeah. I mean when I was looking through um, the workbook that it really – it gives like major – it gives CBT to me. You know, the therapy modality, cognitive behavioral therapy, where it really asks you to – it it gives you homework in a good way. It gives you phys- it gives you literal homework. It gives you emotional homework. It asks you to challenge the reality that you're experiencing and, like, look for the realities that you want. And I think a lot of those things are, you know, really common, successful therapy techniques um, that you've applied here. Yeah. It's a lot. It comes from a lot of my own therapy. I mean, I. It's like I tell yeah, people, like I, I did a lot of the work. Like I went to a lot of therapy to like get to the place where I could write a lot of this stuff. So, um, so yeah, it it is based in a lot of that stuff. I'm also um, 
almost 10 years sober in a 12-step program, there's a lot of like inspiration mm-hmm. in that. Of And I compare – like I think there are so many parallels to getting sober and getting over a breakup. So a lot of like the stuff that I teach came from quitting alcohol. Interesting. The like the detox mentality yeah. that Brooke and I both resonated with the detox sections of the workbook that sounds very similar. And now, now that I'm seeing those parallels. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of parallels there. And I've, you know, talked to a few experts and like there's a lot of similarities, like even physically that happens to you when you're going through a breakup versus like detoxing a drug. Yeah. We, can you talk a little bit more about that? We've touched on that in, yeah. in episodes before, but I'm curious to to hear your take on it. Yeah. So um, there's uh, a book by Florence Williams. She did um, – she like went through a divorce and then basically just like studied herself as she was going through a breakup. But like your immune system gets like lowered. Um, there's a reason like a lot of people get sick. Um, your brain goes through very similar things to like having like a loved one pass away. Um, you are – like the the chemicals that are that are dumping are very similar. That's why like you feel you probably feel really antsy at first going through a breakup. Like you're like I need to look at their social media. Like you're like so obsessive, so antsy, and it's so similar to like when someone like puts down a drug. Like how constantly they're thinking about it and like mm. they just can't sit still. So it's the like brain chemicals. Um, like the activity in your actual brain, your immune system. There's just so many like physical things that happen during a breakup, and there's like a reason you feel in pain physically, like you're you hurt, yeah, physically. On that note of that kind of first stage, a lot of the questions that we got were related to like, what is your number one recommendation for that like detox yeah. phase where you're just you? It feels almost manic in a sense. Totally, yeah, um, yeah. I so. I, as much as I'm like, let's look at your feelings, let's process things, like let's get into it. I don't think you should, I don't think anyone should try to tackle stuff too big in the beginning. Your feelings are so intense. They're so big. Um, Like I say, like number one goal, eat, shower, go to work, like whatever you have to do to like keep your head above water and be able to like attend your job and like still take care of your responsibilities. That should be the goal. So my biggest recommendation is like really get in with a support system, like be really honest with, especially if you're someone that has a hard time asking for help, like send a text like, uh, I'm dying here. Like I I need someone to come over. This is what I need. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I need to stay at your house, those kinds of things. Um, support system is really important. And then like staying busy as much as possible, even when you don't want to. I think those things, distractions. And I, and like I put in the book, like distractions get a really bad rap, but I think in the beginning they're, they're absolutely crucial. Um, like I compare it to when I went through trauma therapy. Um, we didn't tackle the big trauma first. We tackled like the really small ones because we can't, you can't Mm. tackle something that big when it's that big. Like we can't do a 10 out of 10. We need to like wait till it calms down a little bit. So I think like healthy distractions and surrounding yourself with friends um, is is key in the beginning. Do you think that your book applies? So something that a friend and I, the reason I'm asking this question, something a girlfriend and I talk about is like the definition of like breakupper versus breakupy. Yeah. And she reacts. Somebody kind of said to her in a. They were kind of trying to be funny, but it it. it 
it rubbed her the wrong way, where they said to her, gosh, you're like such a heart, like you're always the breakupper or you know, something like, oh, yeah. just like cut, whatever. And she goes, I want to like rewrite that a little bit because so her, a, a serious ex of hers recently that she technically broke up with had been cheating on her for like six months. And she's, she's like, so well, heartless for cutting them out. Yeah. And she's like, well, he kind of broke up with me, I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that is a person who has forced my hand. Like, just because he said, I want to make this work and stay together, I'm the breakupper. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if this book is like, is so first of all, sort of like, what is our definition of and do you think this book is more tailored to a breakupper or breakuppy? Or because I, I do think there can be like some like when I've like quote unquote like executed a breakup, I've definitely felt much more like done with some of the emotional stuff. And it's weird, like the end of the book was kind of done. It was the beginning that I had to deal with. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sorry, yeah. I just probably said a lot. No, I no, I think that's a really important. I'm like a big like justice for the breakupper kind of a person. Um, <laughs> I love it because, and I always like I'm, anytime I do a Q and A, it's always like, does my did my ex even care that they broke up with me? Like, yeah, it's not easy to end a relationship. I don't know about you guys, but like anytime I had to end a relationship, I wished they would break up with me because it's like not it's not a pleasant experience. It's not, not fun being like the bad, quote unquote, like bad guy. Yeah. Um, so I always say like it is very difficult. Like no one just wakes up one day and is like, I'm ending it. You know, it's like something that like a lot of thought was put into it um, and it it wasn't easy. And I do feel like people who end the relationship don't feel like they're worthy of feeling sad, of going through that process. So I um, – and to like in a roundabout way answer your question, I think the book is for any kind of a breakup. And a big thing that I talk about on my page is like, yeah, there's so many circumstances that uh, cause a relationship to end, but the feelings are the same. Honestly, like I tell, like I could line up 10,000 people going through a breakup. They would tell me 10,000 different stories, but like the feelings they're experiencing are probably like under 10 things. Um, so, so I think this is for like any kind of a breakup, whether, whether that was like a situationship that lasted like a few months, but you're just like wrecked over, which been there. Um, and or it's like a long-term like marriage that ended like maybe kind of amicably, or it's like something you were totally blindsided over, or something that you ended. Um, because I just think like at the core of it, the feelings are very similar. Like breakups make us question our self-worth, our self-esteem. Um, like, why did I deserve this kind of a treatment, even if I was the one that ended it. Like, what did I do to be cheated on? Kind of like going back to your friend situation. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's just there's so many of like the same core feelings and core mm -hmm. things that happen when a relationship ends, regardless of like the circumstance of the relationship and the circumstance of the breakup. Yeah. I mean, even when I've ended relationships where the person didn't do anything wrong, I just knew that it wasn't the right relationship totally. for either of us. I'm still mourning what I thought was the right relationship. Like I wouldn't exactly. have been in that relationship in the first place if yeah. I didn't at some point think that it was the right one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I'm still trying to like move on from being wrong. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, even like, 
you still went from having like a person that you spent your weekends with, that you made plans with, that like you talked to every day. Like you still went from having this really significant person in your life to not having them in your life, regardless of like the way it happened. Yeah. And something that you said that I resonated with too is when you said justice for the breakupper. Yeah. I also think like justice for situationships. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because – when you, when you said the thing about not feeling like you deserve to be sad, I think a lot of people think that when situationships or almost relationships end, and a lot of the questions we got were about moving on from those types of things and, you know, why do those hurt so bad if they weren't quote unquote real? Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on situationships, mainly because I was like the queen of them for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you look at situationships, like a lot of the times they are a relationship. Just someone didn't call it that. Like Absolutely. Yes, I had been in situationships where like I went to church with the parents. Like I we planned vacations. Um, like we went on dates. Like there was nothing that was saying it wasn't a relationship except for the fact that like he wouldn't call it a relationship. So you have to look at it that way. Like you were in a relationship. It just the emotions wasn't, are there. It just wasn't called that. Um, and like – there is this i you know there's this idea of like losing something that you didn't technically have i don't know i've been in like a few months situationships that completely wrecked me um more so than like ending a like a 9 month relationship or or something like more long term um so i don't know i just think like regardless of how short or long your relationship was regardless of like what someone called it or not um like I just I, – it makes me so sad when someone says like, I know I shouldn't feel this way. I know I shouldn't feel this hurt. And I'm like, yeah, you should. You're feeling that you way. Yeah. So I just think like if you're in pain, you're in pain. I don't I don't care what like justifies it or rationalizes it. And I, I actually think sometimes people – people have written us and I've heard people say that in some ways getting over a situationship is actually harder because like there's no – kind of definitional change. There's no – like it's it's just a – it's murkier. And I think we tend to do better when we can put things in clear boxes and, you know, have clear delineations. I think too, like if we look at how important a like support system is when we're going through a breakup and, you know, speaking personally as someone who like does have a hard time asking for help, I think if you add in a situationship, I think – People don't – I think people deal with situationship breakups alone a lot more than like Mm. if it was like a very like big, loud, and clear committed relationship. Um, This is like on the extreme end, but I've gotten a lot of questions from people that are like, I was was like in an affair. Like I was with like a married Mm. person, which they're like, I'm not proud of that, but like I don't feel like I can go and like ask friends for help even though like I'm totally heartbroken. So I think a lot of the times like people deal with situationships, breakups more alone because they don't yeah. – like they're like kind of embar- – like in a way like I've felt a lot of embarrassment over situationships because I'm like, yeah, I sat in this thing for like too long and didn't get a commitment. Um, so I think there's like shame attached to it and that makes – I mean shame is – like the enemy of a breakup, in my opinion, it just makes things makes things so much harder. Absolutely. A, and yeah, I've heard that I've heard people say to other people, 
well, you weren't even in a relationship with this person. So like, why are you so upset? Yeah, exactly. Which, Which then like, is like further isolating. Yeah. Which like, if you're a friend, don't say that ever. Please don't never don't say, say that, that to people. <laughs> if you have one takeaway. Yeah. Don't yeah. say that. Just let people have their pain. Like let them have it. It's hard to say you're in pain. Like no one wants to say it. Don't shut it down. Yeah. Very true. Is there – so in terms of support system, is there – do you have like boundary recommendations for those friends that are receiving that information? Do you mean like like if I were to say I'm in pain and like a friend said something not helpful or like should I be mindful of my – Actually, b- both. Okay. I'm interested in – yeah, in the person experience who's gone through a breakup yeah. saying what they need from a friend and then – because I have said to a friend like this is now beyond the scope. Like you, you need to now pay somebody for this. Like I, I can no longer do this. Yeah. So yeah, I do have kind of advice for – for both sides. I think it's completely okay to ask your friends how you would prefer to receive help. A lot of us give help in the way that we want to receive it. And so we're all very like in our own frame of mind. So if you have a friend that like is like, let's go out and like, let's have you meet someone new. Like, and you're like, and you can say, I know you're trying to be helpful, but like, I would prefer if you could just like come over and we could just like watch a movie together or go to dinner or like talk. I think there's there's, there's ways to say, hey, I know you're trying to be helpful. Always go with the intention of they are trying to be helpful. No friend is like, I'm going to like fuck you over, you know, like yeah. no one like goes into it like that. So may, always assume good intentions and then just say, this is what I would prefer instead. So I, I think that's important. A lot of times people will be like, I don't – I'm not getting support from friends. And I'm like, have you asked for like what you need? And most of the time exactly. it's no. Um, and then if you're someone who is going through a breakup and you want to be mindful of your friends, I think it's always – I think it's always okay to say, hey, um, are you in a position – like do you have the capacity right now to hear me out? I think that's important. Like it's always good to ask um, because we never know what our friends are going through. I think it's also important when you're going through a breakup to ask your friends, how are you doing? How is your day? How's work going? Um, not only will that allow more space for them to hear you out at some point, um, it also you're, – all you're doing is thinking about yourself when you're going through a breakup. Why me? Poor me. This sucks. I'm so sad. I hate this. Um, it's really beneficial to hear about someone else's day. Mm. It, it'll just like take you out of your own head. I love that. It's great. That's why like go volunteer. Like go go think about someone else when you're going through a breakup <laughs> um, because you're all you're doing is like self-obsessing. Um, it's good. Like you need to think about yourself, but like it's really important to hear about other people. So at, make sure you're still like being a good active listener friend. Um, and I the way like in the past, I have had to set boundaries with friends where I will say – or a friend will be like – they'll keep going back to their ex or they'll keep looking at social media or they'll keep calling them or taking their calls and not making any changes. So I have had to say like, I love you. I'm here for you. But like I cannot hear about this particular thing anymore because I have said my piece and it doesn't Mm. seem like you're in a position to like hear me out. That's great. So um, you, I, I think it's unfair to a friend to keep complaining about the same thing over and over again and not tr- not even like trying anything different. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's in tying up loose ends the the exchange of the stuff. I I had a friend 
who needed to deal with it. And I really thought I, I was not super a fan of her going to collect her stuff from him. I literally was like, I will buy you a new one. Yeah. Like send me the <laughs> link. I will fucking send it to you. We are not seeing this van. Yeah. 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 My favorite is like <laughs> – yeah. I, my favorite is like, oh, I, I have to call him. Like, I have a sweatshirt. I'm like, I don't care. You like, don't. You do, it's, it's, a sw- it's literally a sweatshirt. Like, yeah, if we're talking like you owe them like $1,000, yeah, we might want to like – we might want to like figure out a way to like yeah. take care of that. But because I sometimes I'm like, let go – like if, you're, if your ex owes you like 50 bucks, like I'm sorry. Like write it – you know, write it let off. Let it go. Yeah. Let yeah. it go. So yeah, it's like – I think I think it's really important to hear your friends out for advice. Um, even if you don't like agree with it, they're like a part of your team. Like you just ha- like you're on a team with your friends, so like don't fight against them. Um, yeah, if your friends being like a total bitch or something during the breakup, yeah, you don't want them on your team. But like if like they're probably giving you good advice, you're not like of great sound mind when you're going through a breakup. Um, so I think it's really important to like hear them out and not try to fight them. Yeah. One thing that I've had to set boundaries with, with friends in the past with breakups is friends that just want to like sit around and talk shit about my ex. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I did date that person. Totally. So like, you sitting here talking about how like I, I have a particular ex that after I broke up with them, one of the things that several unrelated friends, they do not know each other, decided to say to me is that they always thought he looked like a vampire. Oh my god. I told you this, right, Rourke? I'm not gonna oh, say yeah. who it is. Oh yeah, I, I know exactly. This, right? Yes. Yeah, you know who it is. Um and I'm like, okay, I I dated this person, I liked him. That's I was not attracted a to him. Thing. I was attracted to him. Like I mean, that vampires, is not a help. Like have a, they had a moment. That's uh, true. Yeah, I don't, Edward here. I, I don't think they were saying it in an Edward, Edward moment. Yeah. Place. Um, I'm like, that's not helpful. It's not helpful for me to now know that throughout my entire relationship, you were thinking that he looked like a vampire. Well, then it like makes you like question, like makes you question your taste in yeah. partners I, I'll never forget after a breakup I was like out to lunch with it was this was like the day after the breakup and my friend was like let's make a list of five things you didn't like about him to like help and I couldn't think of anything and I just immediately started sobbing I was like Aww. this is not this isn't helpful you know it's like I you know I get I made like a reel of like all the things that are like unhelpful to say to people going through breakups um and that was one of them like I never liked them uh we, you know, we never thought it was going to – the best is like, oh, we never thought that was going to work. Like, great. Great. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> well, I did. So who's, yeah. I'm the idiot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people say – people say really weird. Or like, oh, don't worry. They'll always come back. That's like a big one lately that we've been talking about. Like when someone says, oh, don't worry. They'll come back. And then they don't. And you're like, cool. I guess I'm just like a shitty partner that someone doesn't come back to if like all exes come back. So yeah. Yeah. Another thing I think is unhelpful is when people ask, like, what will you do if he comes back? Yeah. I'm like, I that is not helpful for me to think yeah. about. That hypothetical yeah. situation, like, no. You're like, don't worry. I'm already having, like, constant imaginary conversations with my ex. <laughs> Con- like, they're just running through my mind right now as we're talking. Like, please don't make me think about it more. Yeah. 
But speaking of like them coming back or kind of like that moving on, yeah. a lot of questions we got were how to deal when you know that your ex has moved on and you mm-hmm. feel like they're like, quote unquote, ahead of you yeah. in the breakup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's like this idea of like wanting to win the breakup. Um, a, a breakup's like not a competition. Like both people lose in breakups originally. Both people will win in their own ways like when they're – healing from the breakup and stuff. But originally, like, a breakup's just a loss for for both yeah, it people. Sucks. It sucks. Um, and I think there's a couple ways you have to think about it. Um, a lot of people will tie their worth to how their ex is moving on. Um, just because your ex moved on quickly, um, people just make it mean things that it does not mean. They make it mean – they never loved me. Um, they didn't care about me. They're not thinking about me. Uh, none of which are true. Um, I I tend to – like if your ex moved on really quickly, honestly what it probably means is like they just don't know how to be by themselves. So they, they moved on in that way. Um, like you said, sometimes – especially if it was the person who ended the relationship. Like they processed a lot of the breakup um, before because they, yeah. they had to. Like they had to get to a point where they could end it with you. So they're they're just – they are ahead in processing the relationship the relationship yeah. ending. I mean, so they knew about it before you did. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they had already <laughs> come to terms with it when they ended it. Um, so – so I think that's like a big thing that people forget. Um, and then, you know, sometimes people will really dig into it and be like, I bet they were talking to them before we even ended the oh, relationship, which is like an, a completely unnecessary investigative practice on your part. Yeah. Um, so so I just think people really tie it to their worth. The way I see it is like, how your ex moves on has nothing to do with you. Like once the relationship ends, like you guys are just in two different lanes and you have to, I'm just bit like, there's a whole chat, like there's a whole thing on staying in your lane. That's like really, really important. Um, Do not focus on what your ex is doing after a breakup because if they're happy, it will make you like not feel great. If they're sad, it won't make you like no matter what, there's no kind of information you find out about your ex. Like it's never, it's never helpful. Um, so I tell people, like, get ahead of it. Like, tell your friends, hey, if you find out my ex is dating someone, like, please just don't share that with me. It's just not – it's just not going to be helpful. Yeah. I – it's funny. I was actually asked this the other day, like, what my opinion was on somebody, like, running into your ex. Do yeah. you report it to the person? Yeah. Mm. And I said it depends on the severity of the run-in. If, like, you literally bumped into each other in the grocery store and were like, oh, haha, this is, like, awkward. You were – oh, yep, okay. Like, have a good one. No. Do not fucking care. Not yeah. not necessary. However, I had an ex that was, like, reaching out to my friends regularly, trying to keep up relationships with them. And they were letting me know what their responses were and basically saying, like, we were couple friends. Like, please stop yeah. and kind of letting me know what was going on there. I thought that was reasonable. I don't know if you have an opinion on any of that. I mean, I think it's really hard to just like picture your ex existing without you, you know, like to be like, oh, they still go to the grocery store. Without yeah. Me. They're like a you human know. out yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, this is a video game where I'm the only character and they like poof. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just like don't like, – I just want to picture you just like in your house like without – 
going out in the world. But um, I mean, a story – so the last breakup I went through, I have two nephews. I think they were like six and eight at the time. And we sat down for Thanksgiving and they were like, we saw, uh, we saw your ex. And I was like uh, – and you could tell like my brother, his dad, their dad was like – Like, cut like it. no, we're not Josh. doing this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, where? And they were like, oh, we were out to dinner and we saw him. And, I, and then my first thing was like, was he with any? Was, was he, he with, with anyone? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, was it a boy or a girl? <laughs> oh, no. And as that was leaving my mouth, I'm like, shut up, Kendra, stop asking questions. Um, he was with a guy. He was with a guy friend. So, but like that could have that could have been awful. So I don't know. I tend to think like definitely don't. Um, but I, you know, I think in your situation, like I think it's nice to hear that your friends are sticking up for you, kind of a thing, and being like, hey, we're, you know, he was, but we're trying to, you know, we drew this boundary. So I think typically it's good, it's best not to tell your friends if you see their ex. Sometimes they'll be like, I saw him. He looked terrible and like thinking it's like a helpful thing. Again. You, again, not helpful. Uh, not helpful. Like, yeah. great. I dated a guy who looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I I did. I might, I might be okay now, with but... that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they specified like, usually he looks good, but this time now yeah. that you're like, not with him. I would him, like to know like he's really taken like a nose. He's taken a turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had this, a situation where I ran into a friend's like really shitty ex at like an event. It was, it wasn't like a weird run in, like nothing happened. I just saw him and I didn't say anything to her, but then he did. Like he reached out oh, to her and then she was like, why didn't you tell me? Oh Oof. yeah. I'm like, yeah. Ugh, cause I didn't think it, one, I didn't think it mattered to, I didn't want to bring him up. Yeah. Yeah, I think and that's he's like, just clearly like he's using this run-in. She ended things. He's using this run-in to contact you, like thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, for all I know, he sought me out so that he could do that. Yeah, and I think there are like, I mean, that's why I'm such a big fan of like the no contact rule, just because like there are certain people who will use any excuse to like reach out to an ex. Yeah. Um, and so that's like there's a lot. I think when you aren't no contact, you spend a lot of time thinking, is this a valid reason to reach out to them? Like is – you know, and like so there's just – you spend a lot of time thinking, should I reach out to them? And then you would reach out to them for like anything like a funny – you know, you send them a TikTok like – yeah, I don't now know. The bar is like so low. Yeah, exactly. So then it's just um, then you're like constantly hearing from them, and that's not helpful. Yeah. I'm so glad we got here. I, um, so. I want to talk about the no contact stuff like a lot. Me too. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, this is the perfect segue into no contact. I, it's my favorite. <laughs> so I like have I I love no contact. I'm like a really big like zero tolerance policy on access in your life. <laughs> And um, I would like to talk about your what uh, opinions you might have on the shared custody of a dog. Oh, man. We're getting real specific real fast. No, it's honestly – it happens so much more often than you would think. I had no idea how many people date coworkers and how many people share dogs with their ex. Those are like two big things. Oh. And the, on, 
I don't. Just as, as a as a point of reference, the last two guys I dated shared custody of a dog with their ex. Okay, yeah. And the funny thing is, we talked about it on the podcast before that too, where I was like, "Yep, fuck this, it's not a child." Yep. And I one. had never, and I had never dated anybody in that situation. And then after we had that conversation, I dated two people in a row. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. I have a dog, and so the, the, as as hard as I know this is. You, someone's got to take the dog. That's Thank that's my you. opinion. Someone has to take the dog. Uh, and like – and to give some hope if you are in this situation, I have talked to people who have let go of dogs and they're like, it was so hard. But like I could never have sustained like sharing custody of a dog. And I honestly think if you talked to someone going through a divorce where they had to like go through custody of kids and like how difficult that was, like I think they would pretty easily say like if you didn't have to go through this kind of a thing, like don't, you know? Like yeah. um so I mean, I love my dog so much, but like I I don't think I could share custody. Like if it's that big of a deal like go to an animal shelter and get another dog. And that makes me sound heartless, but like it, it, I'm not. I'm just – I just think it's like that's really, really hard to like every week go see your ex or like share pictures of the dog or, or things like that. So um, yeah, that's my opinion on dogs. And yeah. I could see feeling weird about like if, if an ex and I shared a dog and – he got somebody new and I knew she existed, I'd be like, cool, this bitch is like hanging out with my dog all the time and like taking cute photos with my dog and getting like Instagram clout with my dog. Like I like I could see myself fucking going nuts like that. Like yeah. none of those things are normal thoughts that I would ever have, but I would create them for that hundred percent. Yeah. I've I've thought that about so both of the guys that I'm referring to had their dogs in their bumble profiles or their hinge profiles, as they should, like Hundred yes. percent, but I'm. I was imagining after I found out that that is a shared dog. I'm imagining it sucks enough to stumble upon your ex's dating app profile, which has happened to me, and I'm sure happens to people all the time. Even worse if your dog is in the profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just I think, um, and the and it's interesting because I I did pull my audience on this and the people that had gone through it they're like I think everyone knows like who the dog is like would be best suited with and also mm. people like it's not necessarily great for the dog to like have to go well, that's through, a good point you know if we're thinking of like the welfare of the animal like it's not great for the dog to have to like go through all this stuff like who does it make sense like does someone work from home and one person goes to the office like. The best case scenario is to stay with the person who, like, it makes the most sense to keep the dog. So, yeah, I've thought about that from the perspective of the dog a lot. Yeah. <laughs> particularly in one of the two situations where, like, it did not make sense. Uh, in this particular situation, I think it didn't make sense for his ex to still have custody of this dog. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just think- sounded like the dog was way better off every time he was with, I'm not going to say which one it was, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it makes the most sense to look at the welfare of the dog. Who does it make sense to stay with? And like, yeah, it's another thing you have to mourn. Um, but it's like a band aid; like you got to rip it off. Yeah, I will say that it did give me some good 
clarity with how each of them spoke about their ex vis-a-vis this dog. Yeah. Where one of them, it was very clear that it was a, an open wound. Oh, okay. Like she was specifically, she was consistently, even though I knew her name and he had told me her name, he was, she was consistently referred to as my ex. Okay. In a gay, there, it was very clearly still an open wound. Yeah. And the other one, like that was some that was something that had like entered my mind. Not that it was his fault that it was still an open wound, but it was something that entered my mind as like, ooh, like we've talked before about listening to the way somebody talks about their ex and whether there are still emotions there and whether that, you know, they get activated. Yeah. And the way that he talked about their exchanges of the dog was very much in that category. Totally. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, that can definitely provide some insight. So, um, yeah, but a lot of people go through that. I mean, I guess it makes sense if you think about how many of your friends have dogs and are in relationships. What is the most common question you get, even if it's on kind of a general, a more general theme? Oh, I love that. Okay. So one that I always get, and it's like, this might not be the most popular question that I get, but, um, it's in every single Q&A. Should I text my ex happy birthday? That's like mm, so common. At one point I was joking. I was like, I'm literally going to put it in my bio because I'm like so Don't text your ex happy birthday. I'm so sick of answering That's a great tagline. I love yeah. that actually. Well, um, Nick Vial, is that who says his last name? The Vial? Bachelor. I, I think I it's Vial. Yeah, Nick Vial. He, his book is called Don't Text Your Ex on Their Birthday. And my friend oh, was like, really? I feel like you should get credit for that one because I talk about Whoa. it so much. <laughs> so I, mean, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he stole it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like looked, I was like, does he follow me? Um, but yeah, I get asked that question so often. But like more general ones that I get asked a lot is and my thing is do not text your ex on their birthday. It's like so, yeah, just to be clear, don't just do to it. To be clear, don't do it. Um I mean, I get a lot of like will like it's been X amount of months. I'm still feeling – I'm still not over it. Like, what does this mean? I, a, a lot of my questions are some variety of what does this mean? My ex watches my Instagram stories. What does that mean? My ex said this. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? Um, so that's like a big thing. And I'm typically like it does not mean anything. Like just – Yeah. Like or just – if you feel like yourself translating your ex's behavior, stop. It's, stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I get questions like that, I'm like, I don't know what it means because I'm not in their head. But exactly. what it means doesn't matter, actually. Exactly. That's that's always the answer. Like if they're – let's say that you're – let's just live in a pretend world where your ex is watching your Instagram story because they regret breaking up with you and want to get back together with you. Do you want to date somebody who's trying to communicate that via Instagram story watches? That's what I always say. I'm like, your ex is not going to communicate to you in code. And even if no. they were, like that's – do you want – like – They're like, how do you know if your ex wants to get back together? I'm like, your ex will say, I want to get back together. That's the only way you'll know. That's the only right answer. I don't like – if they text you, how are you? If they text you on your birthday, if they watch your Instagram story, they'll be like, well, they left my my pictures up on their Instagram. And I'm like, they might not know what to do with them. So they're just leaving them up. Like they just don't even know how to handle it. Um, So yeah, that's like a big thing. What does it mean? And I get it like – if you want to get back together with your ex, of course you're going to look for any sign that they want to get back together. Um, but at the end of the day, like just the rule of thumb is unless they say, I would like to get back together with you now, not 
someday, <laughs> not maybe later. Maybe immediately. Not like who knows what the future has to hold, but like I want to get back together right now. That's that that's the only answer that's sufficient. On that note, I think like a nice topic to kind of end on is how would you handle that situation? Yeah, if your ex wants to get back together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like yeah, which um I, I would say like four different things to consider. Um, the biggest thing is is just to to pause and like allow any um, like allow any mistakes to like clear themselves out. Um, like I have a, a guy friend who um, had a moment of weakness, called an ex asked to get back together and like the next morning was laying next to her in bed and like knew he made a mistake, like knew it was just a moment of weakness. And that sucks for everyone. Yeah. Um, so- I, I was that guy. <gasps> yeah. Allie. Yeah. yeah. But I, it didn't – I wasn't the one – so like somebody broke up with me. This is a long, long time ago. Somebody broke up with me and then two days later, quote unquote, realized he'd made a mistake. Oh. And I got back together with him. But then I woke up the next morning after getting back together with him and realized I should not have gotten back together with him. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens a lot. Like we all have our moments of weakness. So I would say like pause at least for a couple days and do not talk to them in that couple days. Like you need like Mm. clear space to really think. Um, So that's a big one. The second one is um, you really have to get honest with why did the relationship end. Uh, If – if it ended for like a really serious reason, which typically it does, like you have to consider why did it end? How long has it been since the breakup? And realistically, is that enough time for something serious to have changed? Most of the time it's not. Like if someone says, you know, my ex said they changed and I'm like, how long has it been? They're like a couple, like two weeks. I'm like, sorry. No, they haven't. No one's changed. No one has changed in two weeks. Um, so you, you have to be really honest about that. The third thing is what frame of mind are you making this decision from? Like, are you just lonely and you're, and that's why you want to get back together with your ex? That's not a great reason. Um, if you're feeling like good about your life and like, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling better, but I, I know how much value that person brought to my life, then that's okay. Like it, it but if you're just, if you're feeling a void um, and you think your your ex is going to fill that, I'd say no. Um, and then the last thing is like ask your friends. Like really say, hey, um, they want to get back together. Like what are your thoughts? And not to say that your friends should dictate that decision, but I think they will provide an outside objective perspective to the situation and could point out um, stuff blind that spots. yeah, your blind spots, and like they can check you, and they can say, "Hey, um, like a week ago, you were telling me this. Uh, <laughs> where where are we at here? <laughs> like, was that a lie? Yeah, uh, like are we hey, just like forgetting that part? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So those are kind of like my my four. Wait, get honest with why it ended. How long has it been? What frame of mind are you making the decision from and like check in with friends? That's a great framework. Yeah. That's a good policy. I like that. Yeah. Well, Kendra, this has been amazing. I think I – we said this at the top, but I think our listeners are going to really appreciate sort of the actionable advice that you have and, you know, how that – I think it's just so much better when you have something you can actually implement. 
versus just, you know, platitudes or quotes, like you said. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, this has been such a fun, you guys, this is such a fun conversation. Um, And yeah, that's always my goal. Like I hope everyone leaves an interaction with my content and feels like they can like go out and do a couple things about their pain. Yeah. So speaking of that, if they want more of your content, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at your breakup bestie. That's where you can find all my stuff. Um, and then my website where you can find all my courses and, uh, my membership site is break, breakupbestie.com. I almost forgot my website. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, then Kendra's book, the breakup workbook is coming out tomorrow, September 6th. Yay. And it ships right away. So, um, so yeah, you can get your hands on it really fast. Amazing. Excited for everyone to dive in. Perfect. Thanks Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was was great. I know. I feel like we could talk forever. I know. Bye. Bye.